what about the mental? What about the, the realm that is unseen? You know, the Bible is fairly clear that we have been created in God's image, the Holy Trinity. And, and God mirrored his image onto us mm-hmm. with mind, body, and spirit. Right. You know? So the mind is a realm that is unseen. And often people with psychiatric illnesses, if you notice, I'm wearing scrubs, and that was not intentional. I came from from work, some of you might not know that I work in a hospital. I work in uh, uh, internal medicine for the past seven years, and I've come across a lot of strange things. Okay, there are times where I've come into patients' room and the rooms, and I'm praying mm-hmm. because the spirit within me reveals what's going on. But there's not; it's not necessarily fear. Yeah. Sometimes I place my stethoscope on patients and I'm just praying in my spirit, like, Lord, uh, you know, bring restoration, bring freedom, uh, you know, and I start declaring things. I mean, that's just not every time. That's just what the Holy Spirit sometimes peels back for me to see. But I see these individuals, these psychiatric illnesses, people with psychiatric illnesses, and often uh, people with psychiatric illnesses, they, they, get kind of boxed in this category or or added to the category of demon possessed what are your thoughts on that psychiatric has been like schizophrenic or like take your pick well like mental illness and stuff like that i don't think so but schizophrenia i don't know man like if i don't know i i i want to say that they are but i i i don't i don't know because I, it's something so like uh, such a. I would say the re- the reason I I like that you're talking about this is you have some expertise on the topic. Um, I would more align it with you. I think sometimes there are spiritual aspects, and I genuinely believe sometimes there are chemical imbalances mm. in the brain. Um, the interesting thing is, I know you probably studied this. Is um, there's a lot of background to this stuff so you could play the side of the spiritual end of like they're possessed 10 out of 10 times so a lot of people believe that i don't i don't believe that but a lot of people do and then it's just interesting because you're here to explain why it might not be the case what what causes schizophrenia i think uh schizophrenia is if i remember correctly schizophrenia is related to excessive dopamine um, okay. Release. And what causes based- excessive dopamine release? Well, that's a good question. So, uh, I think f- first of all, there can be uh, transient schizophrenia or transient um, uh, psychiatric breakdowns related to drug abuse, for example. Like yes. anything that pumps way too much dopamine in your system, and you go "quote unquote" on a trip. Well, some people just never come back. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. you know, people who are predisposed to psychiatric illnesses or schizophrenia, for example, and they, uh, there's even case studies and reports about this where people who are predisposed to psychiatric illnesses and they, they take psychedelics like mushrooms or, you know, psilocybin, so on. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever they do that, they go on a trip and basically they they it kind of opens a door to their their illness to their psychiatric illness to 
to schizophrenia to demons well that's that's, that's the question that's, that's spiritually the question. Sp i believe that like you said it comes from a huge dopamine release drugs obviously do that we i mean when you do drugs and things like that i, I believe you're opening a door spiritually and so when you're whenever a person is diagnosed with schizophrenia dude i'm gonna say nine out of ten times they're possessed what about other psychiatric illnesses like mental illnesses yeah like, like what about like depression anxiety yeah i don't i mean i don't think so and i think like i said i i wouldn't be so quick to i say think there's nine, spiritual oppression uh, no but not we'll cover that let's not cover that things. just yet um because i'm gonna get into that but um oh it's it's a little reaching when you're saying nine nine out of ten times i do not think it's nine out of ten times because there's people that study this stuff and they they can see what's going on inside the person's brain maybe the way they're wired in certain instances so we can just right away say oh demon you know on every single person that has some yeah. kind of issue and i think it's also not fair to those some people that are actually struggling with certain illnesses well, you, to to right away write it off as you're just demonically the thing possessed. is though you take an actual demon possessed person to a person that is very logical and and thinks the only way that you just described and they'll tell you oh yeah no he's not even possessed it's just schizophrenia well i'm not stating that it doesn't happen i'm not I stating know, that i'm but saying these people that i always going to say that i think i think it's especially if they're non-believers they're never going to admit it's a demon they're never going to admit that oh this person's actually spiritually possessed they're always going to give you a scientific uh i understand answer no i understand where so you're coming you from you can't but... really like if we're going to apply it to faith and and god and just spirituality in a whole then yeah i think that schizophrenic people are demon possessed because it, i guess it just depends on what it is and how they became schizophrenic right if a person's been doing drugs all their life and then they become schizophrenic yeah demon possessed i want to see your i want to hear your rebuttal to this uh my opinion is this is what i think i think that in most Western societies, even spiritual issues can be uh, written off as psychiatric or physical ailments. I think that uh, there are, are a lot of examples in scripture of spiritual infirmities, demon-possessed individuals, people who are demon, uh, you know, spiritually oppressed, who have both physical and psychiatric issues. In the same vein, I think that uh, just like uh, some people have physical infirmities that they're born with or, or physical problems with their health that aren't spiritual issues, I think that the same thing can apply with psychiatric issues, mental health issues. Um, there are instances in the Old Testament where it seems like some of the prophets, even David, King David, seems like he's depressed you know, like, you know, he says, why are you so downcast on oh, my soul? You know, like he had to pick himself up out the dirt. You know what I mean? Like encourage himself. Um, you know, so I think that there's, I think that spiritual issues can be written off as, oh, we have an explanation for that. Right. Here's a medication for that. Um, and I think that can happen very frequently in Western society. But I think that whether someone has a psychiatric illness that's that's a ke true chemical imbalance that they were born with that they didn't 
you know, that there is no spiritual component. I think that that can certainly happen. And mm -hmm. I think that just like the physical illness, the one that's unseen, the mental illness can be healed by Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. I believe that, that I they can, these individuals can find healing and restoration through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ yeah. on the cross. I believe that um, both physical and mental issues can be unrelated to the spiritual, but I believe that both physical and mental issues can definitely be related to the spiritual. Yeah. And at that point, what that means for us as Christians, as believers, as people who are in tune with, with the work of the Holy Spirit is discernment. That's why certain, certain patients, yeah. I was putting my stethoscope on them yeah. and praying over them mm -hmm. and saying, out in Jesus' name. Yeah. That's what I was doing for some patients, right. okay? So, you know, that's that's how I practice. But I do certainly think that it's easy to throw, uh, you know, a bunch of names, diagnoses at an individual who has spiritual issues. Right. And one thing I yeah. will say is I think one of the telltale signs that a, a mental illness is Spirit. spiritually uh, induced is self-harm. Right. Mm. The moment <clears throat> someone enters the realm of self-harm, I think that that we need to really start examining spiritual components. Are you talking about um, just cutting yourself or other ways of harming, like hitting yourself against the wall or, you know? Well, I think that any any way that someone is trying to hurt their flesh. Okay. So uh, in scripture, we see an example of an individual who lived among the tombs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and No chain that. could hold him. And the Bible says, then this is the first example of self-harm in scripture. The Bible says that he went, that he lived among the tombs and he cut himself. Mm -hmm. he, hurt himself. Yeah, he hurt himself. And, and, you know, so I think that anytime someone loathes themselves or in other words, hates themselves, mm -hmm. the only reason that they hate themselves is because the father of lies hates them to such a degree yeah. and he's filled their lives and their minds with so many lies, spiritual uh, components at play to, to do so. Does that make sense? Yeah. So who hates you the most yeah. in all of, all of creation? It's the Satan devil, himself. Yeah. He despises God's creation. That's why he led to the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden. That's why he derailed God's good and perfect plan and will in the garden of Eden. That's why he wants to destroy all our flesh and destroy our mind. That's why he wants to do all these things. He wants you to hate yourself because he hates you. Yeah, yeah. I believe the devil is like anti everything that, that God created. So he wants, like you said, he wants to destroy. Yeah. I feel like he doesn't only he already knows he's destroying the non-believers, but he also goes after the believers for sure. And people are sometimes like, why are there so many attacks happening? Yeah. Well, with the non-believers, they're already in his clutches. You know, they're already there. They're yeah. just doing But he still will destroy them. That's the interest. Some of, like even Satanists, they're like, oh yeah, he's on our side or whatever. It's like, no, he's going to destroy you as well. He hates everything that you, you represent, which is Christ. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He's blinded by his pride. Right. And that's what caused his fall from heaven. That's what's ca causing him to 
operate in a manner that he thinks that he's going to win at the end of the day when when the day of the lord comes and jesus completes his finished you know completes the work that he started do you think he's actually thinks he's going to win because i think he genuinely is just trying to take as many people down think, with him as possible. I think he's I think he's blinded by pride. I think that pride is one of those things. That, you know, what does the Bible say? Uh, be careful when you think you're standing, least you, lest you fall. Right. So whenever someone is blinded by pride, oh, I, I, I'm good. I, I, you know, I, I'm this individual, you know. In his case, he was the, he was the greatest worship leader of all time. Mm-hmm. In heaven right the angel choirs bro imagine that seeing god's glory manifest and his pride blinded him to the to the extent where he caused rebellion against god that he wanted to be god he thought he could be god he still thinks he could be god yeah and i want to transition we're still speaking about possession and i'm going to cover these topics a little bit but the question is can a true believer be possessed so before we continue with the phrase possession, I want to discuss um, there's a difference between possession versus oppression, which a lot of people confuse the two. And sometimes they put them together and yeah. they just call a, like a true. We're talking about not a false believer. We're talking about a true believer. And that's between them and God, of course. Right. So the difference is possession is from the inside. Oppression is from the outside. Yeah. Uh, oppression is defined as to burden spiritually or mentally weigh heavily upon. So that's what that means. So I'm going to ask you guys first, and then I'll add in. Dan, you want to go? True believers, huh? Christ followers, true Christ followers that are in Christ Jesus. They're a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Jesus, the light of the world, abides in them. The Holy Spirit is... Their body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. No, those people cannot be possessed. If a person claims to be a believer, but also, or not a believer, but a true Christ follower, because mm-hmm. I, I believe there's a difference between just believing that God exists versus actually living according to his will and living in his will. I, I don't believe that they can be possessed. Okay. Um, and- what do you, hold on. What do you think of that situation where Jesus was in the temple and the first time he casts out a demon in his ministry, he comes across an individual in the temple? Yeah, I believe that there's many people in the church that are possessed today. I believe there's pastors that are probably sadly possessed. But how do you designate that? Because you said anybody who's a Christian and a believer. That's between them. Like I can't, I can't. Like we talked about earlier, I can't judge and be like, well, this person's not a true follower. If I see a pastor, the only way I'll be able to actually say that is if I see a pastor manifesting, then I'll say he's not a true believer. If I see I a churchgoer agree. manifesting, I I will say he's not a true believer. There's no evidence biblically. I'm, I'm going off of here scripturally, so I don't have, you know, I'm not going to base it off of off an experience. But um, for example, in James 4, 7, uh, submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It doesn't say He'll cast you. him out from the fellow believer. He, we're speaking about be- true believers here. That's Followers. what that's what James is speaking about yeah. here. Um, also, Romans 8, 9 to 11, true believers are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. It says, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. 
if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Right there saying that someone that does not have the spirit of God does not belong to God. Uh, but if a, uh, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is alive because of righteousness. So I think it's unthinkable that God would allow someone who is purchased by the blood of Christ and made a new creation to be possessed and controlled by a demon. That I, I think that's unthinkable in my opinion because... Like I said, false believers, and this is where uh, now we discern false proclamation of faith versus true proclamation of faith. Uh, it, it depends on what we truly believe in. Oppression, yes, it can happen to a true believer. I, I think it happens a lot. I think bad thoughts come to our heads sometimes. Um, we get depressed, all that stuff from the outside. But I don't. The Holy Spirit that's indwelt in us. Do we truly think that it can share the vessel with a demon? That's my question. Can the Holy Spirit, which is all holy, all good, share the vessel with a demon? So the new belief is that the demon possesses your soul, not your body. Or was it the other way around? I know what you're talking about. Um, anyway, they believe that the demon possesses one part of your body, but the Holy Spirit is a part of another part of your body, which I, I don't remember if it's uh, your soul and your body or vice versa. But whatever it is, it doesn't make sense because if the Holy Spirit comes into your body and the demon possesses your soul or whatever, how can the demon manifest and speak through you and throw you around if the Holy Spirit is in your body? How can the demon also control your body? It doesn't make sense. If the Holy Spirit possesses your soul or comes into your soul, but the demon possesses your body, then it also doesn't make sense because your body is a temple of the holy spirit and if your body is the true temple of the holy spirit then a demon cannot dwell there so whichever way you go about it it doesn't make sense i think there's way too many arguments addressing that we're a new creation that's like i said true believers a lot of people might misinterpret and think i'm speaking about just everyone that you see going to church i don't think everyone that you see in church might be a true believer that's not for me to judge it's between them and god you know what i mean um Another verse, 1 John 4, 4, says, you dear, dear, uh, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Who's the one that is in the world? It's Satan. Why is it promising on us that the, per the one that is in us, which is the Holy Spirit, is greater than the one that is in the world? If, the one th if we believe that the one that is in the world can overcome that one that is in us, then then that verse doesn't make any sense. But that is the promise of God. You know what I mean? Exorcisms were happening way before Jesus showed up on the scene. Demons okay. were happening way before Jesus showed up on the scene. If you remember the scripture where um, uh, Jesus talks about blasphemy against the Holy Spirit and, and you know, the leaders of the time uh, say you know jesus cast out a demon and he said he's casting him out by the power of Beelzebub. the ruler of the demons or Beelzebub. right and jesus said well if i do it by the ruler of the demons <clears throat> then who do you, who do your sons do it by yeah so they were so, casting out but yeah but but this is the key it was temporary yeah it was so temporary. they were they were casting demons out and what jesus's point was by this is is he said, whenever I do my work, whenever I 
claim someone as my as my vessel as whenever i clean house i clean it for good yeah. right there's no coming back there's no, there's no uh you know uh, uh a vacancy sign outside of of someone's life whenever well, what I'm about done. the scripture that says about whenever he did cast whenever a demon is casted out he leaves and he wanders around trying Desolate to find another yeah. yeah and then he comes back and he finds the home swept clean and empty right so n nobody dwells in there jesus but he's is talking not in about that. attempt that that's what i'm talking about with, with exorcisms that were happening yeah they were happening but they weren't permanent so yeah man this is a deep conversation deep, yeah but yeah basically i mean i Christ do not had believe not to cast out for the sake of casting out versus actually yeah. freeing the person and and something else replacing it which is the holy spirit i think this ties in well to our topic about health and wellness that we've been covering uh that the body the body is the temple of the holy spirit the holy yeah. spirit is meant to reside within the body and we have a uh we have a uh purpose given to us from God mm -hmm. to make sure that the temple of the Holy Spirit is, is you know, upkept. Yeah. Okay. But as far as uh, can Christians be, you know, demon possessed? Of course not. I like that we agree on that. Yeah. I mean, there's like a lot of crazy beliefs out there that, you know, Peter was possessed and that because Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. And then that way out of context, the, the, un, uh, the eunuch in the temple, whenever he was possessed too, and how can he be a eunuch and, and be possessed? First of all, Christ had not died yet. So it was still, while Christ was on the earth, it was still the old, the old ways of the law were still manifest. They were still, you still had to do them. Uh, that only stopped until Christ had died and now he is risen and he he's within us and we are in Christ. Yeah. That's that's the only way that Christians cannot be possessed is through Christ. Another thing is people just take Jesus saying get behind me Satan to Peter way out of context. Sure. You know because it's like a metaphor, you know, if, if I tell you to stop eating like a pig, are you an actual pig? No, you're acting in the character of one. Right? Well, well, also or, it was going to derail Christ's purpose, right? Yeah, and he knew that. Even that though Peter's uh, Peter's desire for Christ not to die was out of like human concern and like, oh no, you're my friend. I don't want anything yeah. harmful to come to you. And in the same way that he said, you're never going to wash my feet. <laughs> yeah, the the, yeah. the the end result was still the same. Jesus not dying on the cross. And so he's and he, like- And that could him. not be- not fulfilled yeah so he knew jesus knew that some people even say that it might have been one of jesus's greatest temptations is the fact that like your you closest know, friends are telling you like, like no like we want to help you you know and stuff like that but he knows he needs to fulfill god's will and fulfill Absolutely. god's purpose it was it was the greatest i mean think about what happened at the garden he even prayed yeah. for the cup to pass exactly like, yeah so he, he was it, if it's possible yeah but he and knew it, it wasn't it was so interesting that he was still pleading because the human part of him was yeah. understood he, he the understood, heaviness, yeah. the yeah. burden that he's wow. about to take on. And Christ That's, is so good. hundred percent. And you know, the fact that he leaned into it, he leaned into it knowing what was going to come yeah. and he leaned into it for us, Yeah, yeah. for us, for our healing, freely. for our flesh to be healed, for our minds to be yeah. restored. Yeah. I believe that firmly. Amen. Amen.